The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast. It is Wednesday, June 15th. J.P. Shadrick with NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, Jaguars.com senior writer John Osier. And give us a listen on the podcast page at Jaguars.com to all our podcasts or the official Jaguars Podcast Network on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. What about feedback? Feedback on this one? Well, if you... Well, you got to get some feedback. If you want some feedback, all right, all right. if you have feedback, please leave a comment. And you know what? Leave a five star rating just for John. Right? I'll give my I'll give my home number so that I can <laughs> leave some feedback. I can text you. I like that. Uh, Bucky, good afternoon. What's up? What's up, guys? What's happening? How are we doing? Well, the off season is over now, which is a good thing. We just got off the practice field, John, from the final mandatory mini camp practice. It was a little less than an hour. Heck of, uh, heck of a practice. Yeah. It's, I mean, and, and if the other practices were low-key, <laughs> these have been really low-key because of the numbers. And it's, it's, uh, it's over, and, and, and that's what's important. And, and it appeared this week, no injuries. They're into the offseason, and they can come back here when it really matters. That's a good thing. We'll uh, get into that a little bit more coming up later. But some news that overshadowed minicamp this week for the Jaguars – Came from Bruce Smith. You mad, bro? He went on Instagram and said the process negatively portrayed him in order to boost Tony Baselli for the Hall of Fame. He said a, a number of things on Instagram, but in part, the Hall of Fame is an exclusive fraternity following a tacit code of conduct that fosters respect and brotherhood between its members. He later said that he finds it difficult to compare the totality of Tony's body of work with those in the NFL's greatest left tackles, with the exception of Anthony Munoz, Jonathan Ogden, Willie Rofe, and Walter Jones, all protected the blind side of the quarterback for 12 seasons or more. In Jacksonville, Leon Searcy bore the arduous task of protecting Mark Brunel's blind side. That was just a couple of quotes, uh, guys. I know John has a lot to say about this, Bucky. I know you'll have some insight as well. Uh, John, would you like to begin? What happened to the tacit code of conduct, JP? Apparently that's out the window. <laughs> no, I mean, in all seriousness, this is uh, – I'm going to back off for a second. To me, this was pitiable on Bruce Smith's part. Uh, and what I mean by that is it frankly sounded like a guy who's holding on to the past – who can't accept that Tony Baselli had a great game against him, uh, what, 25 years ago? First of all, as an adv- as, he used the word advocators for Tony Baselli's uh, candidacy. I assume he's referring to people such as myself. Uh, I assume what set this off was uh, I had contacted, tried to contact through the build, I tried to contact Bruce for this series of podcasts I was doing. I think a Jaguars documentary team had tried to do the same thing. I'm sure others in the, in the Jacksonville market have done so. Um, so perhaps from his perspective, he's sitting there going, well, they're trying to talk me down by playing Tony up. Couldn't be further from the truth, uh, but it just struck me as being very sensitive that the feelings got hurt, and he's mad about it. And <laughs> frankly, I'm not surprised 
when I sent out the requests, I sent out requests to Jason Taylor, who's in the Hall of Fame, by the way, who, when I talked to him about a podcast, he, if I had had a phrase to use, it would have been tacit code of conduct. He was completely classy, uh, enjoyed talking about Tony, enjoyed talking about propping a player up who deserved it, Michael McCrary, Baltimore Ravens, defensive end. I'm sure Bucky remembers him. Same deal. When yep. I sent the things out to Bruce, I caveated both uh, requests with, I understand it might not happen uh, because my understanding is it's been a sensitive subject for Bruce for a long time, so I didn't think it would happen. Uh, I thought this was classless. And Bucky, go ahead. I've got more, but I'm going to go on and on. It's going to get boring. <laughs> no, look, I, I think this is interesting because I think what it does is it strikes at the man who is, look, man, one of the legends of the game and Bruce Smith. And certainly uh, that was a huge game for Tony. It was a huge game for the Jaguars, the franchise, having played in that game. I know how big it was for Tony to play and dominate like he did. It was one of the reasons why we were able to go on the road and win that game. And so what Bruce has to understand that, like it or not, he's a gold jacket guy. And gold jacket guys are always used as measuring sticks for others who aspire to be gold jacket wearers. And so that game is probably one of the best examples of Tony's dominance in the league. And so you want to showcase that just like you would want to showcase it against any of the other Hall of Famers or highly decorated players that he played against and played well against. And so you're right. It is one of those things where Bruce is sensitive about it. I'm sure he's been inundated with requests about it. But at the end of the day, man, we're talking about a game that was 25, 30 years ago. Like, look, give him his props. Give Tony his props for the way that he played. And look, wish him well as he makes his way into the Hall of Fame. Because like it or not, he's a Hall of Famer, and he is going to be in the fraternity. And so you might as well accept it and acknowledge. And I think that's what, you know, I'm going to give Bruce the benefit of the doubt. I went off early, but I'm sure on on some level he was trying to do the right thing and perhaps didn't think about the effect that it would have on Tony. And I'm not saying Tony's in the tank about it. I'm sure he's upset about it. I would be. Um I think the big picture here, though, is Bruce's legacy is secure, obviously. You know, the fact that we play that game up so much speaks to Bruce's legacy. Sure. His legacy is secure. He has his football life, uh, his bust, his status in Buffalo. He's a legend, and nothing can chip away at that. Uh, That's safe. That will never be harmed, even if there were 15 stories like this. Uh. Tony, after waiting six years, didn't deserve to have his Hall of Fame credentials questioned again after six years of the voters going over it the way they did. Um, he didn't deserve that. And I think that's what kind of ticks me off, JP. I mean, yeah, I, I sure. And I, maybe I take it personally a little bit because I was with Tony many times when he didn't get in. Mm-hmm. He handled it so classily, but of course it hurt. I mean, he, you know. And he's a friend, so it, it, it irritates me. But he didn't deserve to have that question come about and have that revisited after he had made the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, he's so, lived that, he, like you said, he's lived that for six, yeah. seven years already and all the way to the end where he doesn't get in most of the time and then finally, right. finally reaches the goal, gets in, has the accolades to come with it. 
And you know, we're, you know, we're a month. We're a month away from a little over a month away, month and a half from the enshrinement right. ceremony, and this is blown up again out of nowhere. And we got to hear this. It's just wrong. Right, there's a phrase: "Be bigger than that." Yeah. Even if it's bothering you, Bruce, be bigger than that. I just thought, it, uh, you know, it it was uh, I thought it was unnecessary and uh, petty. So I would guess at some point they'll talk Bucky and just kind of clear the air or whatever. I mean, knowing knowing Tony and I don't well, know Bruce, but maybe go uh, behind a building. <laughs> maybe maybe Tony will block him again <laughs> at the enshrinement. Who knows? Yeah, no, I think I think they both are too old to be dealing with those one on one forays. Again, but no, I'm sure they have the conversation. They'll get past it. This will not uh, diminish or dim the light on Tony over that weekend. Look, man, once he's in, he's one of what, 300 or so that are recognized as the greatest to ever play the game. I don't think Tony really, really cares if Bruce is upset about it or not because he's in the club. And once you're in, man, you dance just like everybody else. And one final thought on this, JP. Oh, yes. The Bruce Smith domination, and, and that day was a domination. They played again the next year, and Bruce again didn't have a sack. They played again the following year. Bruce had one sack, and it was, you know, eh. Uh, Tony Stonewall, Jason Taylor out here. Derek Thomas had seven sacks in I think '98. I came in here and Tony handled him like it was nothing. That was not Tony Baselli's only game. He was a three-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time Offensive Lineman of the Year, All-Decade guy. Uh, Tony wouldn't do this, so in this for this audience, I'll do it. He didn't have to apologize to anybody, and Bruce Smith was not the only defensive lineman who's. I love that. Uh, Secure your prowl pass and join the Jaguars at all nine games in Jacksonville this season for only $299. You better lock in your seats. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Mandatory minicamp is a wrap, as is the offseason. That's after this. Welcome back to the Huddle Up Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier. The Daily's play schedule coming up. Cheer live Friday, June 17th. The Jacksonville Juneteenth celebration on Saturday the 18th. Tedeschi Trucks Band with Los Lobos and Gabe Dixon, June 24th. Train with Jewel and Blues Traveler, June 26th. Brantley, Gilbert, and Jelly Roll, June 30th. Tickets and information at dailiesplace.com. You'll be at some of those, right, John? No? Yes? Might go see Jewel. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? I did in the mid-90s. I thought Jewel was good. Uh, yes, she had a and, remote, uh, couple moments. Beyond that, uh, that group, uh, I know you're you're a big fan of... Uh, Tedeschi Trucks, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of your, that's fine. your thing. I have not latched on to that. I, I, I'm, at some point, I need to see them because... Why don't you come really with me, good. John? Well, I'd, I'd, uh, I think I have plans. Are you busy that <laughs> night? <laughs> what night is it? How about that, Bucky? <laughs> What night is it? Amazing. It doesn't matter. Forget it. Unbelievable. You're uninvited. You are uninvited. All right, so minicamp wrapped up today. Uh, we, we touched on this a moment ago, but, yeah, he, he really kind of ratcheted down the schedule a little bit and made each of these practices Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday an hour or less on the field. Uh, it was really the, kind of the teaching, the warm-up, the individual position groups, and then today, at least, there was – one drive of 
what seven on seven or what what could be done and a touchdown though didn't and it? and a touchdown a lot of passes to tight yep. ends Nasbo Hannon looks pretty good I mean there's some things that kind of stood out Bucky that's a good thing when you got your tight ends running around making catches the young guys I'm surprised Bucky wasn't here he likes OTAs and mini camps I thought so you'd fly back across the country yeah. Bucky oh well you know um <laughs> I didn't know what it would look like in the abbreviated schedule I know that plays to John's favor the hour or less I tend to like a little more of my football if I'm a trek across the country. But I think it was great for Doug to get the veterans off, except those that were coming off of injuries and the newbies, um, because it allowed the coaches to spend more one-on-one time with those guys, really get them up to speed. And I think we'll see a difference in training camp because the guys will be able to play fast because they know what they're doing. Bucky, you were in uh, – I know you had a chance to sit down with Doug when you were here. Did he mention that he was going to do that? And, uh, you know, I feel like the reasons he did it are sound. I mean, they're they're going back to camp a week early. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm fine with the whole thing. I'm wondering uh, if he mentioned it to you, if he shared any thoughts with you on it. No, but just his general approach to practice and the training camp and those things, um, he's one that doesn't like to waste a lot of time. So, hey, man, if we can do our work, we do it the way that we want to do it, and it comes in uh, in less time than the schedule time. Let's get off the field. Uh, he doesn't want to just kind of grind them, you know, and t- push them to the ringer if it's unnecessary. But he wants to see a high level of execution. He wants to see the effort and the enthusiasm at the right spot. And once he gets those things accomplished, they don't get off the field. And I would expect to see not necessarily a one-hour practice in training camp, but I don't think those training camp practices will be long if the guys are operating at an efficient level and the performance looks like it's going to be a high level of performance. Well, let's hope they're efficient, JP. Yeah. Because, right. because, yeah. because short training camp practices are good. Those are the hey, best uh, ones. Hey, Bucky, um, does that, as a former player, uh, does Doug's approach on that, uh, how meaningful is – that sort of thing in terms of building trust. You say, hey, if you guys get your work done, if you're efficient, if you're here, uh, then I'm not going to run you into the ground. I assume that's a big part of it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's part of being a pro. Um, You know, when you have a bunch of professionals, they know exactly what they do. They know how to do it. They show up for work early. They take care of business. Yeah, you don't need to keep them around. He is not one that is hey, let's look around the clock and see how many hours we have to clock in so we can tell everybody, oh, we're outworking uh, the rest of the league. It's about coming in, understanding what you're being asked to do, making sure that you do it at a high level, and then be done with it. It is part of being a player's coach, but it's also part of teaching these guys how to be professionals because as he is here and as the Jaguars have a high level of success, this is the way that it goes. When you win and you win at a high level, um, you don't necessarily have to keep the guys around a ton. You tell them, look, let's play like pros. Let's make sure it looks at, like a championship team on the field. And if it looks like that, I'll reward you by making sure that I don't keep you here longer than you need to be. JP, Bucky said a mouthful right there. <laughs> no, no, and right. I say that with In respect. In a good way, yes. Um, so much of this league is – we have to work eight hours because the Buccaneers worked seven and a half. I mean, and uh, it's it, it's pandemic in this league. Hey, hey, 
uh, we have to sleep on a cot. Yeah, protect the desk and be, the whole thing. Or, or we have to sleep on a floor yeah. because we hear the Titans sleep on a cot this week. You know, right. so uh, refreshing to not have that. Anyway, go ahead. A few vets that were involved this week, though. Rayshon Jenkins I saw out there yesterday. LaVisca Chenault earlier this week. Jamal Agnew all three days starting to move around some and, uh, you know, return kicks and the whole deal. Rudy Ford I saw today getting some work in. So, you know, it, there were a few guys out there that needed to kind of maybe clean up some things, might have come off injury, a few extra days on the field aren't a bad thing for those guys. And uh, so it was good to see some of those guys out there, John. Yeah, I think somebody like Rudy Ford, you know, if a lot of these guys, people don't realize, don't leave town immediately just because they're off. Uh, Rudy, a veteran, thinking there was mini camp on Wednesday or mini camp through Wednesday, probably has his flight to Aruba on Thursday. So he's probably going in there with them. You know, I mean, and, and he's here anyway, wants to work out, comes in, okay, I'll go out and run around a little bit and make sure I've got this technique right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and I've said it on a couple of uh, different outlets this week. I think that's the key thing to remember about this mini camp being extended um, or being canceled for veterans. OTAs, by definition, are supposed to be voluntary. And they had the mini camp originally because you needed a mandatory session at the end because you weren't sure what veterans were going to be there during OTAs. So by definition, if you have high attendance during OTAs, you shouldn't need the mini camp. The mini camp was originally set because OTAs were very voluntary. Mm -hmm. But, But the coaches wanted to make sure they had at least three days with these guys. If OTAs are 100% full, you should have gotten all your work done. You shouldn't need a minicamp. That's my theory anyway. Yeah, I like that. I think if you get the first OTA done, you're fine. One. One and done, one, Bucky. One and done. One and well, done. I mean, there, there's a lot of truth to what John is saying because if you have high attendance numbers, and in Jacksonville you should always have that because it's a nice place to live. The weather's warm. Uh, it's probably conducive to being able to stay around year-round. Yeah, you don't need to necessarily have the mandatory mini camp if guys are, are being there. And, you know, sometimes, and we are never privy to that, but sometimes it's kind of like a weak, a wink, nod agreement between coach and player. Hey, man, if you guys take care of business in the offseason program with the OTAs, if we have, like, hit a certain mark when it comes to attendance numbers, hey, maybe I'll give you mandatory mini camp week off. It is uh, an incentive to keep guys around, but to let them know that, hey, we'll, we'll cut the off-season program short. You'll go and have your vacation. Make sure you continue to work out while you're away um, and be ready to go when you come back. If memory serves, Dungy did that a little bit when I was in Indy. Um, as long as OTAs and the off-season went all right, uh, training camp would start a couple of days later. So that's a carrot. So the off-season program is complete, as is our off-season program schedule on this podcast, at least. We've got uh, Happy Hour on Thursday, the Ozone Podcast coming up later this week, and uh, then we're going to shut her down, Bucky, for about five weeks. But the three of us will get together on a Zoom yeah, call we're gonna each do, week we're just, just to chat. Just to meet up, just yeah. see how it's going. You right. know, uh, So look for that on your schedule, Bucky. We won't put it out. It'll just be us on a Zoom. Oh, well, look, man, I, I'm looking forward to us getting together for some old uh, <laughs> podcast OTA work, because I know how big of a fan John is of organized team activities and so i look forward to seeing him run around and making sure that he's at his best uh when we get ready for training camp 
Bucky, as we wrap this overall uh, off-season thought on the Jaguars. You know, man, like, it, it's easy to get uh, lulled into the thing of, like, hey, man, I think they can be a much better team because of what Doug is doing. But I honestly feel like this is a team that is going to be a lot better than many expect. I think the pieces are in place for this team to have an outstanding training camp. And they kind of hit the ground running. Now, what does that look like when we get to chalking up wins and losses? I don't know. But I think there's a feeling and maybe a quiet confidence around the building uh, that this team is going to be real competitive. And I'm just really excited to see what it, what it looks like when we kind of strap on the pads here in a month or so. It does feel, JP, and I guess we can wrap with this, it does feel like they feel like as a team, organization, players, that last year is last year now. And that turn on the page. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, I don't know exactly when that happens during an off season. You know, is it conversation X with a player in the hallway with Doug? I don't know. But as they wrap this, um, I don't know how fans see it because fans don't necessarily see inside. But within the building, uh, you really don't get the when they get questions as players and coaches about last year. Now there is a feeling among players of. Yeah, I haven't thought about that in a while. Right. Like, it's kind of over. And yeah. I think that was – it's pretty public knowledge. That was a big goal of Doug's uh, for this offseason. I feel like on that front, JP, uh, mission has been accomplished in the offseason. Maybe you feel the same right. way. It, it feels that way now, and I think once they show back up for training camp, there will be no question that they're yeah. moving forward only. I mean, if they had a goal this offseason, that was probably it, right? Yeah, just – build up at least to that you're going to get some questions in this offseason and then by the time june rolls around the past should be the past for the most part but once july hits it's all about 22 and beyond and i think that's the what this thing should feel and look like when we get back and we will be back in five weeks we'll have jaguars happy hour radio tomorrow though um chat griffin scheduled to join us and uh, we're out to pete prisco too we'll see if he has anything to say about what's happened oh He'll have some Bruce thoughts. I think he might. I can guarantee you that. Listen to all our podcasts on the podcast page on Jaguars.com, the official Jaguars podcast network on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Leave a comment and a five-star rating. Bucky Brooks, John Osier, and Joe Fortunato. I'm J.P. Shadrick. This is the Huddle Up Podcast.